surmised my prize before anyone believed in me. Realized comprised of what they told me I couldn't be. God placed a legacy in my destiny, so his will for me eradicates all doubt and feeds my drive. Because of the work ethic I vested, I thrive. My talent deprived of peer validation, but I persevere because art keeps the purpose of my past so clear. Success never to be grappled by fear. My time is my here. Time is here. Time is Welcome here. to the Awakened Soul. It's CEO Hayes, back after a brief hiatus. I missed you guys so much last week. So I wanted to drop this episode a little bit earlier than normal, just because, like I said, I miss you guys. Andrew stepped in um, as as Andrew is like me and Andrew Bello are going to dominate this podcast world. That's all I can say. Be on the lookout for that. Um, but this is another week of the wake. And so we got some great stuff planned for you. Of course, as always, we're going to go into off the rip with CEO Hayes. In, in a short minute, uh, we got our movie uh, section today. It's talking about the movie Friday, which is a, a cult classic, a hood classic, whatever you want to call it. Who doesn't love that movie? So breaking it down with Awesome Nobody, uh, our first time podcasting together, but he's going to be around more often than not. Uh, he's going to come around again for some music discussion because I love talking to the guy. Highly intelligent. Um, we also got little miss ENT, little miss entertainment, uh, coming over from her podcast to talk about, uh, the best female vocalist of all time, our, our respective lists. So that's going to be another fun segment, but in both off the rip today and on the stay woke segment, it's, it's some deep stuff. And, uh, this episode, if you can't tell by how it started off, it's going to be a little bit different. I use a, a different intro this week. We also have different intro music. We'll get back into our normal stuff next week, but it's a lot of stuff I had to personally get off my chest this week. Like I said, this episode, the, the, the film and the, uh, music segments are really fun. You're going to, you're going to definitely enjoy those, but the other segments may offend some people. I'm just, I, I, I'm taking the gloves off. The Waking Soul is taking the gloves completely off. It's going to be some, some, Topics that may rub some people the wrong way, like I said, but oh well. That that I, I'm not apologizing for it anymore. This is the waking soul. If you're not here to be able to to hear things about that may pertain to you, may not pertain to you, but come with an open mind. If you're not, bye bye. I'm I'm done with with the kid gloves. We're getting back into what the basis of this podcast was, and that's to talk about things that a lot of people usually don't talk about, and hopefully it'll wake some fools up. This is the waking soul. I'm CEO Hayes. We're getting into our different intro music for today. It's going to set the vibe of what this podcast is going to be. Let's go. Being feared goes farther than any part of me having respect does. So I play to the tune of my own eardrum while I'm out on my quest, love. I don't speak on behalf of myself, but my impeccable rep does. Christmas morning, I remember waking up wishing I could just go to sleep. Because we only got like two toys apiece. I asked my pop, did he do more for me? He said, yes, I got you closing heat and let you keep a hold two rows of teeth. Huh, I'm royalty. I took whoopings, I took losses, but no defeats. They've been dropped and been shelved with no release. Been in jail, no commissary or relief. But God looks over me like a cross and rosary. Rifle in hand, I let niggas have it. I won't hesitate. Strikes on the cans in the cabinet section, eight. My son got on them 350 boots, Kanye West is dressing bait Asking me questions about getting a second base uh, Wifey texting SMH, hot phone ringing off the hook Conference calls from record labels, guess I'm late But my other son's autistic, he wants my attention This just might be my defining moment Let them wait It's my time now, nigga Let them wait 
So me taking and having that week off gave me a lot of time to reflect on this podcast, my other podcast, the direction they're going, what I want from them, where I ultimately want them to be and everything I want them to accomplish. And, you know, uh, and again, shouts out to Andrew Bello for stepping in next week. And I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit. And he probably knows this because Andrew knows me. He even kind of said it on the podcast is that, yes, I gave you guys two episodes the week prior, so I could have missed the episode and not released anything. But the point of me having Andrew step in wasn't just so the Waking Soul didn't miss an episode. It was also to get Andrew to step out of his box, to do something different than what he has been doing. And Andrew, as he's mentioned, he has the next level wrestling podcast where I think as Andrew starts to podcast more and starts to really get a hang of podcasting and and having a platform to get his thoughts and ideas out there about. And a lot of you guys sent me emails on Andrew's thoughts and ideas, and I'm definitely going to address that in this section as well. But Andrew needs that outlet. And as the leader that I am not saying that Andrew needs leadership or someone has to walk him through because Andrew doesn't. Andrew is an absolute talent and he's going to do big things in in life, not just even with this podcasting. But I, I wanted to put Andrew in a in a space where he didn't necessarily have the oh I'm I'm reviewing a wrestling show and it gives me something like everything that came out of the Wake and Soul last week when Andrew took over had to come purely from things that interested Andrew and ideas that he put together and not to say that he doesn't already do that on his podcast but again when you have a backdrop of you know something that your whole show is kind of built around something that's presented to you, you know, it's a, it's a little different. And I know Andrew has bigger aspirations with podcasting and I'm not going to, not going to go into the conversations that me and Andrew have had personally, but again, as a leader and, and someone who Andrew respects and I respect and Andrew to the utmost, it was an opportunity to put him in a spot to where, okay, I know this audience is going to be completely different. Yes, I've been on this show several times before and almost every episode except a, a couple, but I wanted, like I said, to put him in a position. And and, and, that, and that's what you do. Like it, it, like I said, as a leader and as someone who ultimately, regardless, let's take the leader title out of it. As someone who legitimately wants to see Andrew have that platform and get those things out, because I think a lot of people can learn a lot from Andrew, is is to uh, pressure it, it either makes diamonds or burst pipes uh, if that's how the cliche goes but again and and the episode was great and and to get into um some of the feedback we got from shout out to andrew bello is that uh, i've gotten a handful of emails a the first one i got was even before andrew took over the episode so the person who sent me the the email and then had to listen to a full episode of andrew bello thumbs up hats off to you um but you know saying how am i going to have a podcast about wokeness and have a white person on the podcast Let, let's let's just and oh no how i'm gonna be pro-black but have white people on my podcast since when was being pro-black mean anti-white it doesn't and you're a fucking idiot if you think that to be pro-black means you have to be anti-white and you know i'm not gonna give this guy too much i'm not even gonna say who he is it, it's not that serious because the guy's obviously just an idiot but uh, to get on to some of the other feedback I got, some of the more constructive things that, you know, saying that Andrew went way heavy into politics, um, that's something Andrew is passionate about. And that is why I wanted him to do this show 
is because Andrew needs that outlet because he has so much to say about it. Will Andrew's own podcast come of it? I hope so. I, I really do hope so because I think a lot of what he attempts to do on his wrestling podcast kind of misses the audience only because when people tune in to watch something entertainment, they don't always want that type of stuff, but it's part of who Andrew is. So of course it's going to come out in most of what he does that, that there's nothing at all wrong with that. And then for the ones who don't agree with what Andrew says, it's fine not to agree. And I've, I kind of addressed this on a previous segment is that I don't know why having a difference of opinion all of a sudden causes people to feel like they're being attacked. That's not the thing at all. Andrew's me and Andrew's conversations, even when we disagree with some of the best conversations, because guess what? We talk to gain an understanding, not to argue sides. When me me and Andrew talk, like when we have a difference of opinion, it was something this this past week with uh, the Emmys or whatever war show that was that, you know, he brought up, he he took issue with something. I was like, well, you know, I understand that. I don't necessarily think that that person's just an, an idiot. They're still talented. I just think that they did it for such and such reason. He took it and was like, you know what? That kind of makes sense. I, I I guess I can get that because that's that's what me and Andrew talk. When me and him have a difference of opinion, that 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 gap between whatever whatever point I'm arguing, whatever point Andrew's arguing, that gap that's where understanding comes from. And that's what a lot of a lot of people nowadays don't get. They automatically think because of that gaps exist. Now I have to fight my side. And that's not how you bridge gaps. You bridge gra- gaps by exchanging information. And that's that that should be the point of all conversation. It's it's not necessarily you don't talk to argue sides. You talk to gain understanding on both sides or to spread understanding. And whatever that person walks away with, either understanding or not understanding, that's on them. That's their journey to process that. But at least you can walk away from something and say, okay, even if I don't agree with the side, even if I'm not on that side of things, if that's how some people on this other side think, that just gave me another tool that I can speak from because now I know something that someone on the opposite side of me thinks about and where they they may be coming from. And so now I can speak to try to get to that side because at least I know what platform they're standing on. And a lot of people don't have that. And, and again, like I said, it's, I don't want to get just into, into Andrew because it's so much more that I want to talk about on this off the rip section. But Andrew, like I said, for anyone who doesn't agree with them, it's fine. I guess I, I guarantee you this because a lot of people that email me, they were still entertained by Andrew. And that's the thing. That's where you can gain so much from, from that. Um, and, and more important, um, like I said, I want to get back into just kind of some of the thoughts that were going on through my head um, as far as this podcasting game is that as much as this podcast is provoke thought, spread conversation to get to generate conversation and all that good stuff. It's, it's not about bashing. Like if you hear anyone and and people have emailed me, like when fame was on about Drake and when we talked about Drake and Kendrick, you should have came at them harder. It's not about that. This thing is not about, argument it's not about to come on here use this platform as my high horse to sit there and say i'm right or i have all the answers that's not what it's for it's to on more times not everything and almost every segment the way it's built is i like to have people positioned necessarily against what i'm positioned so we can talk because that's what's gonna cause you guys to go spread and have those conversations and it's it's not about that it's it's not about that and i just I just want everybody when they when they listen to this is to get get your head out your ass. That that's basically what this is. It's to get your head out your ass. It's it's to force you to hear things that you may not agree with, and then you can take it away. Like it, it it's it doesn't take 
that much thinking really to go into that. Like just, just it, stop trying to judge. Stop trying to get offended. I, I, and I, I get it. Being, being offense, offended by stuff sometimes comes naturally, but get into that. Like, like just come on, man. It's, it's all about what you can take away from it. And a lot of people don't realize that you can take more away from somebody who doesn't agree with you than you can from somebody who just agrees with. And then like, and I want to kind of end this, just this part of this segment on this, your perception, the way that you see people really hasn't, has very little to do with that actual person. It's more about the lens you decide to put on yourself and see that person through, because think about it from everybody, from somebody different perspective, so that uh, someone could be right or somebody can be wrong by saying the exact same things. Like it's all about the lens you decide to put on. And if you decide to put on a lens that limits your view of anything other than what you already believe in, it, it's, it's an issue. And, and, and overall, it's like, here, here's the way I, the way I think of it. If you don't question your own thoughts, then you're just limiting yourself to views that you can only generate yourself. And if you think that you have all the answers and you can generate that all yourself, you've already lost the battle. You've already lost. Think about that. Furthermore, in this podcast, as this podcast spreads, gets more listeners, as I build more relationship with other podcasts, you're going to be seeing people come in and out and it gives every segment a different, a different feel and flair. I want to hear from you guys. Instead of sending me emails about how you didn't agree with Andrew Bello, which is fine because I want to hear that also. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know who who's somebody you want to hear on this podcast that me have a conversation with. Because I can go and build that relationship. Now, like I said, I, I I this this was a little bit deeper than what I start off off the rip. Usually I talk about some news, I talk about some of my thoughts with it, I or some sports. I wanted to start this off by getting back focused on what this this is, is to think about things bigger than yourself. So as we get ready to go ahead and get into a little bit more fun. We're going to go ahead and get into our, our film and review section. We're talking about the movie Friday with Awesome Nobody. Check me out. Uh, we'll, we'll come on the other side of that. We'll go into the Stay Woke segment. I got a couple more th- special things planned for you over the course of this podcast. And on the other side of this, we're going to get into a brief intro into the film and review segment. And then you're going to hear me and Awesome Nobody. Every time I come in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen. in the goddamn refrigerator, eating up all the food, all the chicken, all the pig feet, all the collard greens, all the hog maws. I want to eat some of them chitlins. I love pig feet. Hey! Huh? Come in here. Where you at? In the bathroom. And I'll wait till you come out. Boy, bring your ass off up in here. What you talking about? You wait till I come out. I smelt your shit for 22 years. Now you can't smell mine for five minutes. Shut the door. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Don't nobody go in the bathroom for about 35, 45 minutes. Somebody open the window. So, Big Worm? How much you got left? I got a lot. You still ain't sold that weed, Smokey? And I'm trying to, huh? Niggas are broke these days. I don't think you applying yourself, Smokey. Huh? You smoking my shit? Hell no, nah, fuck with your shit. 
Hell no. You smoking my shit? Now why would I do some shit like that? I don't wanna have to fuck you up, Smokey. Playing with my money is like playing with my emotions. Wow. And you the last brother money I mess with. I steal for my mama before I mess with your shit. And you know this, man. We'll see. Florida Evans looking motherfucker. Hey, I know you don't smoke weed. I know this, but I'm gonna get you high today. Cause it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners to The Awakened Soul, we got, I, I wanted to bring somebody special on to talk about a film that's near and dear to my heart personally, um, and that is Awesome Nobody, uh, he's he's a musician, a podcast, he's from the Music Guru, Guru Podcast, so uh, it, it's this it should be fun. Uh, <laughs> awesome, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for inviting me. It's always good to talk movies. It's always good to talk about anything related to entertainment. As always, I am Awesome Nobody. Uh, you can find me at Awesome, N-O-B-D-Y. Uh, you can also find me at the uh, at movie underscore guru podcast. So I'm like double dipping right now, music and movies. So. Well, I mean, that's right. That's what this podcast, that's what we do. We talk, we have a cypher segment. So I'll invite you back to that someday where we break down something in music. Uh, last time we did Jay Z versus mm. Eminem and their legacy. That was a deep one. Uh, we did some Wu Tang mm. retrospective. So we, we talk music here on the Awakened Soul all the time. So that's, that's definitely something I, I could bring you back to and we can, we can cut into that for sure. Um, but, this podcast, for anyone who's been listening so far, it's been pretty deep. I hit you guys over the head with some with some some deep retrospective topics, but this one we're going to talk about Friday. And when I say the movie Friday, awesome. What do you think? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, a lot of things. I think of a classic, right? I think of legendary as far as actors. You know, uh, I think of content. I, I also think of one movie one black movie with the most quotables the most lasting quotables too uh you know and i also think of uh just groundbreaking from you know being one of the first you know movies to really trend like that that everybody went to go see no matter what color they were uh and then also you know the most sequels you know two three and also the spinoff so i mean it's a whole bunch of stuff when it comes to friday <laughs> Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, animated TV show for a while, like the, oh, Friday's, that's right, that's right. Yeah, Friday's done everything, and uh, to just think, like this movie was made on a budget of th- three point five million dollars and shot in only twenty days. Like when you think about mm. movies and how they're made now, movies are made over three to six months nowadays of shooting, and yeah. to, to do to do a movie, uh, a classic, like you said, a cult classic, hood classic, whatever you want to call it, in twenty days is just. It's just an amazing mm-hmm. thing. So, um, I mean, let, let's 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 go ahead and cut into. It. Obviously, this movie was written by Ice Cube, and like you said, it's had some of the best quotables by Felicia, which is fairly recent. Came from this movie. <laughs> you you got knocked yeah. the fuck out, which I know for me, in, in in my middle school and high school, we used to say that shit all the time. Like, uh, so what's your favorite quotable from this movie? I mean, that that's definitely uh it. I mean, by Felicia was 
for it to pop back up in you know in the 2000s was crazy right like i think that it popped up and it's been so long since the original came out i don't even think people know where by felicia came from i thought they thought somebody started from started it i've heard i've heard you know like hippies use it i've heard uh everybody use it It, random places people saying it on the elevator like they don't even understand the concept behind it but they still use it that's how much they love it um definitely uh you got knocked the fuck out also uh um round here we call it twenty twenty twenty. <laughs> nigga <laughs> and that was chris tucker almost every line from chris tucker was quotable also uh um what was it uh uh my neck my back my neck and my back yeah <laughs> Yeah, when homie fell in the damn store, uh, Azel was it Azel. That was the Azel. Yeah, Azel. Azel, when he fell, uh, definitely. Uh, I, you know, anything with John Witherspoon, because he was still doing, um, he was still doing the, the Wayne's Brothers show at that time. So he was big in the streets, and I believe when it came out, you know, everybody always recognized him, and he he is a funny guy, like. As far as his role pops, he's always pops. You get what I'm saying? So he was in his element, and um. When he called Craig into the bathroom and was like, come in here, boy. <laughs> Close the door. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And Ice Cube's holding his nose. <laughs> yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, almost everything. This is one of the movies, and I hate it when people do this personally, but it's one of the movies that it's hard for me when we're watching for me not to repeat almost every line as the movie's going on. And I, this, like I said, there's something that completely irks me watching a movie with somebody who does that. So when this movie comes on, I have to like put my hand over my mouth to keep myself from talking the whole damn movie. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh more importantly, I want to ask you, was this the movie? Was this when Nia Long became a sex symbol? Was this the movie that did it? Oh, man. Uh, was it? I think it was for me. I, for me, I'll say it was the it started, you know, because I always I liked her. But I, I didn't fully like her at that point. I was like, yo, she bad. She looked good back then. And the chicks wasn't bad. I was like, yo, she looked good. And like, I, I kept my eye on her. You know, that's real talk. Like, you know, how you see somebody keep your eye on them for a couple of years. And be like, I'm going to wait. <laughs> <I'm> gonna wait. <laughs> I was waiting on that one. And sure enough, she didn't disappoint. But nah, she definitely was looking good, smooth skin, refined. Like I wanted to see more from her, from her in the Friday series. You know, I wanted her to kind of pop, pop back up, uh, and I'm hoping that she will one more on. Was it last Friday? If they do it, yeah. I mean, like Ice Cube reported that that movie's been written for seven years. Like it needs mm-hmm. to happen. Like you in this day and age, especially with movies coming on Netflix, you got Hulu exclusives. Like somebody has to just say drop the money on just say you know what it's gonna be a netflix exclusive but we're gonna go ahead and come out with last friday like it, it, i'm waiting for it it's gonna happen well that's a good point because netflix definitely got the bag right like exactly. netflix has the bag they, they there's no shortage of bags around netflix office okay and they could easily easily capture a genre uh, a market genre for that for that movie and honestly which i I would say a genre that's not really represented on Netflix, right? There's not a lot of original black content. They're starting to get more content, but not a lot of original black content. I would even go as far as to see, I don't know if you messed with like being Mary Jane and all that. I would either, even like to see reruns of being Mary Jane on Netflix and they don't even do that. I think Mary, I think being Mary Jane is on Netflix now. It is on yeah, Netflix. Recently. Maybe I missed it, but that's, yeah. that's good. Then. That makes me feel better. 
and and slow and they got the uh an exclusive movie with marlon wayans it's called naked or is it elevator either way he wakes up naked in the elevator and i i mm-hmm. just turned it on one day and i thought it was going to be corny it was actually a really really good movie so hopefully that did some numbers for him because then they know okay this is a market we need to start tapping into more so you make a good point there yeah yeah definitely uh they definitely have the market for it uh marlon never disappoints and I'm glad that he got a, a start. The um, the tagline on that movie Naked is uh, Groundhog Day mixed with like um, like uh, what's it called Hangover or something like that. That's yeah. the way they put it. But um, you know that was crazy. But uh, anyway, back to Friday, uh, and it is Friday today too. So just shout out to being Friday everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. So I mean, let, let's get into the since our, some of our favorite moments from the movie and uh. Obviously, you already said it. The the moment with him talking to his dad, Craig talking to his dad in the bathroom, the, and this is where I'm going to get personal. Hopefully, I don't I don't gross anybody out, but this reminds me seriously of my dad because my dad didn't give a damn. Not necessarily on the toilet. No matter what he was doing, if he was under the damn house, if he called my name, oh. I had better heard him. And whatever he had to say, I had to sit there. I remember one time it was hot <laughs> as hell outside. My dad's building a deck outside, and he's like, "Son, I need you to come outside." And he proceeds to just go off on me for about 30 minutes about why I didn't lock my bike up. And I'm like, it's hot as hell outside. He's like, well, you know, the air condition is a luxury. If you don't keep putting your bike up, you may not have that luxury. And I'm just thinking to myself like this motherfucker. But uh, what, 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 what's one of your favorite moments from the movie? Yo, ain't that some real dad shit where they make it everything relate to if, if you don't do something right now, you won't have no luxury. <laughs> That's a real dad statement right there. If you don't lock your bike up, you won't have the air conditioning luxury. Yo, that's real talk right there. Um, let's see. Anything with Pops. My One that relates to me was when Pops was like, boy, every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen eating all the goddamn chicken. <laughs> Yeah, I like I pig feet. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm always in the damn kitchen. Like even to this day, I'm always in the damn kitchen. And I, and and I think about that one line too. Every time I reach for something, I'll be like, "Damn, always in the damn kitchen." Especially when I was younger, and like my mom or my dad would come in the kitchen. I'd be, I try to like, I hear them come. I try to run out the kitchen real quick because we had two ways in the kitchen. I try to run out the, the other way real quick. Yeah, always in the kitchen eating something I'm not supposed to. So that that was that was a real statement right there. Oh yeah, uh, let's that, see what a- that, that's how my son is. Like my son is eleven now. Keep my son's eleven. He's five two, one hundred and forty five pounds. Not an inch of fat on him. The dude's built like a damn tank. But his he's always eating. Like literally, if you put some leftovers in the refrigerator, don't have no plans for him because that bass is eating. Him. <laughs> gone, gone. Like hell, what happened? He's gone. You know what happened to him? He's gone. Exactly. He you just see, looks uh, like well. Um, I'm eating. Go ahead. Uh, another uh and. I was looking at some of the clips. Uh, Bernie Mac was in there, too. Yeah, Bernie Mac was in there. Uh, Bernie Mac's in there. This was uh, Michael Clark Duncan's first movie, even though he mm-hmm. most people may miss him. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot of people in this movie. Oh, Michael Clark. I, I think I might have missed him. I got to watch it again. I, I know I've seen him, but I, maybe I missed him. Was he? Where was he at? He was in uh, the scene where they're playing craps when they're shooting dice. He was in the circle. He was on Debo's right. He was a person oh, right next to Debo. Oh, yeah. That was a good, that's a good pickup. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was his first film, huh? First first movie role ever. And look, look, at, look, look at what came from that. Look what happened. You got to start somewhere, man. That's why they say no role too small, no mountain too high, man. Absolutely. Uh, who else? We got Regina King in here. We got- Oh, yeah. Uh, Regina King. She's big, too. You know, Regina King does a lot of voiceovers. 
Yeah, yeah, she does voiceover for the Boondocks. For anyone who's familiar mm-hmm. with that show, um, she she did a lot. Like she did a voice in Proud Family, I think too. I just don't remember which one. Yeah, she's getting the voiceover bag. Like the voice voiceovers is is a, um, a a a genre that I think a lot of people don't know about, but there's a lot of opportunities. Um, so I mean, I'm big ups to her for just staying busy and consistent in both lanes, voiceovers and in, in uh, movies and television. She's like all three. Yeah, she's a, she's a she's a beast, and she's one of those people who I mean, I'm sure initially a lot of people kind of overlooked her. She was just a little sister, but she's had a hell of an acting career coming from not necessarily from this because she's done a lot more than just Friday. But uh, I mean, this is really kind of I, I don't remember seeing her much before this, but you know, '95 I was was I nine years old? So I, if it, there was anything before then, I may have not noticed. But I know after this movie, you just seen her re- periodically pop up in everything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. She was a sister in Friday and she was always getting her hair done. She was getting her hair done like the whole damn movie, yo. <laughs> but isn't that isn't that right? Isn't that how how it is? Like it turns into a whole day, whole ordeal, like it a whole day. This movie was supposed to happen over one day and it just makes sense mm-hmm. that I even think at the end of the movie her hair still wasn't done, was it? When still wasn't done. <laughs> I'm about to say when Debo came around his play, hair still wasn't done. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. man. And then we got, uh, like you said, you already named Bernie Mac. We got, Bernie of course. Mac. Yeah, um, I need it for my, ca- he said, I need it, let me get a little for my cataracts. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's, it's so much in this movie. Like, seriously, this is one of those movies, and it, it, it's so much nostalgia just even talking about it, much less watching it. Um, you ain't I mean, got no job. You're going to get high today. You know, that that's still, like, applicable. Like, people still say that shit today. Like, you ain't got no job. It's Friday, or it's, or it's Friday, I'm going to get you high today. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you ain't got no job. You ain't got shit to do. Like I say that all the time mm-hmm. randomly. Like, um, mm-hmm. getting uh, getting fired on your day off. Actually, that was the first time I ever heard of anybody getting fired on their day off. Now I hear it all the time. But like, I, they was ahead of the curve for the movie to come out in '95. I didn't wasn't even thinking about that. But that definitely put me on the be careful because you can definitely get fired on your day off. <laughs> Absolutely. I've never personally been fired on my day off, I've, I've, but I have had to, I've been in management for a while. I have had to fire people on their day off, which is never a pleasant conversation. Yeah. So I can only imagine, man, that's, that's, yeah, getting fired on your day off is not no joke. But let, let's talk about the top two. Let's talk about the main two actors who, for the most part, carry this movie. That's Chris mm-hmm. Tucker. Like, yeah. Chris Tucker, like you said, everything he did in this movie was absolutely hilarious and it was reported actually from a lot of people on set that crew members when they weren't needed to film scenes had to leave because they were laughing so hard that they were distracting the actors on scene like that's how this this man it's he's been he's probably one of the funniest ever Uh, he's fallen off a lot in i mean he really hasn't done anything other than the rush hour movies probably in the last 15 years but what were your thoughts on chris tucker from this movie oh uh you know re-watching it just so surprised on how young he looks now you know how young he was back then you know but definitely he had a lot of depth in that character you know for him to apparently he not wasn't really like that or whatever but you would have thought that he was from the the whatever block or from cali or from the neighborhood or or a wee head and he really really made you believable uh and definitely he's um i like i would like to call him a uh physical comedian you know, like I would say him and Jim Carrey, he's maybe he's the black Jim Carrey, he possibly say. Uh, but he definitely embodied that. And um, I definitely wanted to see more from him uh, when they came out with the other Friday movies. Um, you know, I, I wanted to see him. But even though uh, that um, 
Mike Epps was a good replacement. Only thing I wanted to see more, and if they like did like a special edit of Friday, I would like to see in the when Chris Tucker says, "You ain't got no job, get you high today," and when um, Craig takes the first hit, I would like to see like a little psychedelic transition. You know what I'm saying? Of like him hitting the weed. You know what I'm saying? Going through like his mind at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like show another level of elevation. And that's what I would like to see uh, from that because they they. It kind of would seem like fitting, like not something long. You get what I'm saying? Just something like different, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That 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 makes a lot of sense. I never thought about it before, but yeah, you saying it like that, it does make sense. They uh, and that scene, like that, th- watching this movie was before I had ever smoked, and I don't smoke weed anymore. It was before I had ever gotten high, and I remember the first time that I did smoke weed, I was thinking to myself, like, I wonder if it's gonna be like I saw on Friday. <laughs> Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, funny story is, for some reason, I had the fr- we had the Friday uh, CD in my house, like the the soundtrack. And I remember, you know, liking the movie, so I'm like, all right, let me just listen to the CD real quick. And I don't remember if it was the first song or whatever, but it had the Rick James Mary Jane on there. And I'm like, oh, this is Drake from the movie, like, you know. So it's real fitting on how they put everything together, uh, and it just definitely, definitely did a good job. Um, so we, we were talking about the, um, last Friday, if they do a, the last one, I heard that Chris Tucker might be on board for that though. And hopefully he will. I mean, his character is iconic and, uh, Ice Cube has said that he's, he's written Smokey into every Friday movie that's happened since the first one, just in case Chris Tucker decided to come back. It hasn't happened yet, but if it's going to be the last one, you have to think they have to bring everybody back. Like I want to see, yeah. uh, I want to see Regina King's character come back. We got to see, uh, I always forget his name, but his mama, we got to see pops. We got to see everybody come back, uh, in, in last Friday, they decided to do a phase on love who we didn't even we didn't talk about much yet. But I hope that they can get this movie. Out. As a matter of fact, I think now we need to get a petition going on. We need to petition Netflix to go ahead and make that happen. We need to make mm-hmm. that move happen. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Talking about phase on love, you know, phase on love. Uh, he's definitely always thought he was a good actor uh, because there was a lot of other movies I used to watch with him in it. And he always had a good character. I don't know if you ever seen like three strikes. Oh, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, you seen Three Strikes? Oh, absolutely. And Three Strikes and The Wash was I think I don't know if he, I don't think he was in The Wash, but um, those other two movies were uh, written by DJ Pooh, and DJ Pooh um, was uh, the dude who got his chain snatched in Friday. Yeah, he's red. I forget what this is. Red, red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also uh, did a lot of writing because they said uh, DJ Pooh also wrote Three Strikes and wrote The Wash, uh, so. Just that, and uh, those those characters were definitely classic and iconic. And um, you know, Phase on Love definitely plays a lot of characters. Big Worm, everybody knew somebody like that. You know, what I'm saying like somebody, <laughs> everybody knew somebody like that. That's another thing. The characters were really, really relatable. Yeah, and I think that that's that's what adds to the longevity and how everyone could relate to. Like, hey, no movie. No, no black movie, no movie in general can get as big as this movie has unless you get white people to like it, too. And I think that it gave them a peek inside of what life was like in the hood. And even though they couldn't really relate necessarily, but they got to have that little peek inside. And then all of people who lived that, who, who've been through that, saw this movie and was like, OK, this is real. It wasn't none, none of the mm-hmm. let, let's try to play it up. Let's let's try to add a spin to it. This was what it was like living a day in just a neighborhood. That's right. Yeah, man. How how proud are we of Ice Cube, though, man? This guy. 
like made a huge transition from music into movies and successful transition, you know, because not everybody makes that transition. Yeah, I mean, people talk about rappers turn actors and, you know, they, of course, give it to Will Smith, which is which is understandable. I mean, Will Smith's legacy can't be denied ever. Uh, L.O. Cool J gets mentioned a lot. Common gets mentioned a lot. But none of those guys have flipped over on the other side and been able to do it right in their own movies. Like he's I don't think he's ever stepped into directing. But look at all the movies he's written, like all the Friday movies, uh, all about the Benjamins. I believe he had at least some of the writing in, yep. uh, if not all yep. of it, like the guys. Ice Cube is one of those people to where I think his talent is kind of easy to go unnoticed because he does so much and you he does everything. He's not the best actor in the world, but when he acts, you wouldn't think, okay, this guy started off as a rapper. You just know Ice Cube as an actor for many people. Like the dude is just supremely talented. And for all people who forget, wrote one of the best diss tracks of all time. I just got to mention that. (laughs) I was just about to say that. I'm glad you brought that up. I was just about to say that. Like no, no Vaseline, Vaseline man, top quality. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know if there's, uh, okay, let, no Vaseline. I know we're supposed to be talking about the movie. We got to talk about it. it. It has to be at least top two uh, most aggressive diss tracks of all time. Like that, what he did to Easy E on that and all the NWA, it was no joke. And he also was one of the first people to make a diss song and also have the track be bouncy enough to where people could play it and not even necessarily care about the disses. Exactly. I was talking to Little Miss Entertainment and she was all in this Drake fantasy. No disrespect to Drake, but she was like, yo, Drake diss song was so hard because it also was nominated and it was uh, play was playing it in the clubs and I was like have you ever heard no Vaseline and she was like nah I put no Vaseline I said this is how you totally totally destroy somebody all right no Vaseline he was performing it at concerts it, like you said it had a vibe to it and I don't think a lot of people it, you know it was going on for so long people forgot that it was a diss song uh, but he was going in on him. And I mean, I really rarely can name something that was that hard and that direct. <laughs> no subliminal. Like there's a lot of subliminal, but, you know, sure. that was a hard disc record. Yeah, man, it, it it definitely stands the test of time. And I think, like I said, I think people forget just how good of a rapper Ice Cube was like he, he it was. I don't even know who to compare him to nowadays. Like Ice Cube was that guy. He was the star of NWA as far as like Easy E had the swag. Easy E is great all time. Dr. Drain, what he does musically can't be uh, taken away at all. But as far as a lyricist and a beast on the mic, I think he had to be the best out that group. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've had found out and seen interviews where he was talking about writing and writing for some of them. But then when I really watched the, um, the Straight Outta Compton movie and seen that, I was like, wow, you know, I really didn't know it was that deep. But, he, you know, it really showed him in a good light and good perspective and really showed, you know, how much of a thinker he is. Even when it came to the little scene in Straight Outta Compton when he was on that computer uh, typing with his fingers, <laughs> trying to type type the script Friday with his fingers, you oh, know, yeah. uh, and, you know, which is a true story, which I heard. And, you know, it, just showing that he's always thinking. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And the guy, he, he's he's look at his longevity. I mean, he's been between music and, and movies for it has to be 30 plus years at this point. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. classics, classics, too. I mean, from Friday, you know, uh, to Barbershop to uh, like you said, all about the Benjamins, 
you know now he's doing that basketball league, um, which is really successful too. Yeah, have you have you watched any of that? Have you got a chance to watch that? You know, they were playing it on TV, and I'm like, you know, I don't really know if it's going to be good, but I watched it on TV, and they was balling. Like, and I think one of the key things that they have is that the basketball players are so recognizable, especially if you're from the 90s. You know, so the team I had, the team I saw uh, was like Bibby was on there. I'm like, oh, these are all the, the real ball players. It's not like, you know, a couple of league players that are unrecognizable. These are all like big names, and they were balling. And I actually appreciated the half court flow, you know, it actually because it's kind of relatable as far as if you play basketball on a team or if you play like a pickup game. So you can kind of follow and realistically get a gist of how they go, how they, how hard they have to go on half court. Um, so, you know, it was good. It ended up being good. They're having the finals in Las Vegas. Uh, not that I'm going or anything, but uh, it, it just shows you that they're uh, going all over the place. They played in Brooklyn. Uh, they played in Cali and then they have the championship in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, and uh, I think they've already been picked up to do a, another season of that. So, you know, I, I love basketball. I can watch almost I can watch three bums on the street play basketball. It depends <laughs> on, uh, if the if there's defense being played. So, yeah, I definitely check that out. And like you said, the, the a lot of retired people who you I, just in your of course they can't play NBA basketball level basketball anymore, but when you see them all out there, you still realize just how much of a difference it is from how we play basketball and how even yeah. somebody who's in their 40s used to play in the NBA is still able to get down. You know, that that's that's amazing. But to get back to Friday, I mean, we, we, we've talked a lot about the movie. And uh, I, I, I also have a question for you before we end this, but just final thoughts on the movie Friday. Any anyone who's listened to this, if they're younger, if they haven't really watched it, if they didn't don't know what where Bob Felicia really came from, how would you how would you present how would you try to get somebody who's never seen friday to watch the movie i mean i would 100 percent, you know talk about the how much of a classic it is uh i'll probably go as far as to be like it's friday you know what i'm saying <laughs> you ain't got nothing to do tomorrow you need to just go home and watch friday <laughs> uh definitely uh definitely would i mean just just from the cast if honestly if if i'm with somebody and they said they never seen friday i'm like yo we can't hang out until you've seen friday man like seriously, okay, we we can't relate until you've seen Friday at least, and it's not one time, at least two or three times, okay? You got to, uh, from the cast, uh, from the characters, and from the uh, from the plot. I mean, some of the realest things that you'll see. Here's another question, um, and it makes me think about West Coast movies because I don't know where. So where are you at? What state are you at? Right now, I, I live in Columbus, Ohio. I just moved Columbus, here from Ohio, St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. okay, so like Midwest. So I'm in from Jersey, New York, right? Um, and a lot of the movies we watch around that time are all West Coast based, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about it, and it makes me think about like there's really not that many East Coast movies, like true East Coast movies, where meaning that you got East Coast actors, what I mean, East Coast scenes, you get what I'm saying, East Coast relatable plots. Juice was the closest one, right? But yeah. it had Tupac. Tupac, even though he's born in Jersey, he still technically reps the West more, a little bit more. I don't blame him, but you know, the West from Friday series, from Minister Society, from Poetic Justice, from all these other movies, the West, the West has 100% won the hip hop rap movie category. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't argue. You just, you just laid the stats out there. I, yeah, you're right. I was trying to think. I was because I was 100 percent trying to think of uh, East Coast 
like hip hop movie, right? Like, like I'm talking about true East Coast. So, I mean, New Jack City, right? That's close. But still, you got Ice Cube, or not Ice Cube, I'm sorry, Ice T, who is the in the movie, the lead, right? That's still, to me, that's not a true East Coast movie. Um, but um, New Jack City, definitely classic, right? Yeah. Um, then I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, I mean, all we really got is Rhyme and Reason, and that was a documentary. <laughs> yeah, State Property. State property. Okay. Yeah. You're right. State property, um, which I would 100%. I give it to Philly. Philly, Philly is like its own island. You get what I'm saying? Philly is, Philly is like an island that you visit and it's not really in the tri state because you know the tri state is New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, but Philly gets an honor. It's, I'd rather them replace Connecticut and put Philly in the tri state. So, um, it's kind of unofficial, uh, but 100% state property might be the closest movie we have for the East Coast, true East Coast movie. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think what else. We got Belly. That was set on the East Coast, right? And and that was what I was going to say next. Um, DMX did a real good job. Same way Ice Cube did. Same way a lot of other, I don't want to go bigger than Ice Cube, but I'll say the same way Ice Cube and Tupac did as far as making the transition. And his movies were real good. I mean, um, I don't know if you ever seen Never Die Alone. Oh, yeah. Deep, man. I mean, deep, deep. It's a little slow as far as pacing, but real deep. And, uh, you know, even from some of his uh, Romeo Must Die movies, all that stuff was amazing. Um, I would have liked to seen him in the comedy. You know, I think DMX had a funny side to him. Uh, um, I would just like to see him in a, a lot of other roles. But I would I would say, yeah, you're right. D- DMX movies and uh, definitely might be because he's from New York. Yeah. And then um, only other one I could think of as far as being set on the East Coast hip hop movie, uh, Paid in Full. Paid in Full, legendary classic. You're right. Paid in Full might be the, the number one as far as shot in New York, about New York people, and then a New York actor, hip hop actor in it, which is Cameron, who did an amazing job uh, playing, um, was it uh, Alpo? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Puffy recently gave a shout out to Dame Dash for putting together such a classic because I think like Diddy dropped some sort of Rich Porter mixtape or something like that. And he was like, yo, the whole mixtape was inspired by Paid in Full. And I never really got a chance to watch it like that. But it was a classic. I remember putting two VCRs together, right? And making dubs of Paid in Full so I could go <laughs> to school and sell them. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. Nah. That, hey, that's <laughs> the hustle, work. man. Yeah. Mad work. I, I made, I think I made five copies because I had the bootleg and I made $25 at school the next day selling these big ass VHSs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, definitely. Got to respect the hustle. Got to respect the hustle for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, Friday. I think the first time I watched Friday was on a bootleg too. Yeah. First time I watched fi- Friday, it definitely wasn't as soon as it came out. My, uh, my dad had got the VHS. And I remember I wasn't supposed to keep in mind, I was like nine when this movie came out. So they really didn't want me watching the movie. Uh, it was, I remember it was during the summer. We had a den and that's where all the movies were. That was the movie room. I was home, uh, with my older sister. I'm like, I'm watching this movie. Like I didn't saw bits and pieces. I was cracking up with just the bits and pieces that I wasn't supposed to watch. My older sister was like, go ahead, throw it in. Man, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't stop laughing. Like, I think I watched that movie every day during the summer when I was home by myself with my sister. Cause that movie's just that damn funny, man. Like, it's, 
Friday is just such a classic. Like everything about it, everything top to bottom, mm-hmm. and it still ages well. It's it it. I I think to this day you can show this movie to somebody nowadays, and they uh, besides like the quality of it, the fact that it doesn't look like it was shot in 4k and all that they almost wouldn't even realize that it was it, it's damn 1995 so how old is this movie movie's almost 20 years old over 20 years old 22 yeah. years old crazy 22 years old yeah and you know 1995 was a big year too man like there was a lot of movies in 1995 there was seven usual suspects golden eye heat with de niro die hard with the vengeance Bad Boys, Outbreak, Species, Desperado, Waterworld, Hackers, The Net, Outbreak, Congo. Like, 1995 was a huge year, right? And I would say, out of all those movies, Friday is 100% in top three. Yeah, it has to be. Definitely. That and Heat. Like, Heat. I love Heat. But uh, I know everybody doesn't share that opinion of that movie, but... Yeah, a lot of people don't share. I like it. He actually blew my mind. Like I couldn't like that was probably one of like the uber violence movies that I've seen. Like I didn't like the level of violence that was in that was like unprecedented to me at the time. I was like, yo, the whole, you know, I'm sure it's not a spoiler because it came out in 1995. But the whole scene of them running through the streets with the money and the guns was like crazy to me. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Crazy to me. Crazy. I'm like, yo, this is the wildest movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he was one of those you movies know? that yeah, I appreciate. I lo- loved it when I watched it back when I was younger. But you appreciate it more now mm-hmm. when you get older. Like you do that. I do that with all movies now. It's like when you go back and watch some of the things you and you can a- actually notice how it was shot and some of the depth and writing. He is an amazing film. Everybody definitely check that out. But awesome. I mean, yeah. we we ran down this movie. We talked about we talked a little bit about everything surrounding this movie. But I told you I was going to have a question for you before we ended this. And in no particular order just three uh, of your top movies all time give them to me three all time um any genre or it has to be a certain genres any, any genre any genre all right um definitely i'm gonna get you sucking okay 100 um let's see another movie that i watch a lot that's definitely my favorite Scar, I definitely, I watched Scarface. That was definitely one of my favorites, Scarface. Uh, and you know what other movie I liked too a lot, which was kind of, was very dramatic, very dramatic, um, was Black Hawk Down. Oh yeah, that's great. That, that's a great movie. That and and you know so the movies I say as far as top three are the ones that really really was like changed my viewpoint of something. You get what I'm saying? When I saw Black Hawk Down, I was like, I didn't really know it was going on like that was was shocking to me and it definitely changed how i looked at a lot of things so in cinematography um from the acting the cast i really thought it was well done it was just very very dramatic so those are definitely three movies that i like um if if i can do a like my black dramas like black like regular black movies devil in the blue dress is up there for me i don't know if you ever seen that one yeah with denzel oh yeah yeah, yeah. and uh that was and uh, that was definitely a deep. Anything with Denzel or anything with um, uh, Wesley Snipes. Passenger Fifty Seven was also another. No, no, sorry, not Passenger Fifty Seven. Drop Zone with uh, Wesley Snipes was definitely. I would say. I would say I put that in. I put that in my top three. Drop Zone. See that you just. I I don't even remember Drop Zone. I probably seen. It, I just don't. Well, 
I don't remember Drop Zone. So you don't remember Drop Zone? Yo, uh-huh. Drop Zone is when he, him, uh, him and Malcolm Jamal Warner were marshals, and they were on a plane escorting a passenger, a prisoner, and the criminals were on the plane, and they basically uh, opened the emergency hatch and uh, escaped with the prisoner, and Malcolm Jamal Warner fell out without a parachute, and then from and Wesley Snipes survived. And, it, and from there, it was on. I mean, he was trying to find out how they did the par- how they could first of all parachute from a 757, right? And he had to go to like Florida to where they do like diving. He had to learn, and then he had to arrest the bad guys. It was crazy. I was to me, it was like one of uh, Wesley Snipes' top movies. You just gave me my um my my what well, I'm gonna go load up on the fire stick as soon as we get done recording this. Like I, because that just sounds amazing. So now I have to go watch it. So yeah, I don't remember that at all. But my pick, just as not my top three, but a, a movie, and I'm gonna try to start suggesting movies for everybody to go watch. Anyone who has not seen the Imitation of Life. Now there's two versions. There's a more up to date one that's not in black and white. I'm talking about the black and white Imitation of Life. It's one of those movies that, considering how light skin, dark skin, and colorism, and just being comfortable in who you are, go check that movie out. It's one of the movies that it, it blew. It, I absolutely blew my mind when I watched it. I think I was like eleven the first time I saw it, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Are you familiar with it? No, I don't think so. Oh, uh, definitely check out the Imitation Life. So, just basically, just as an overview, um, it's a story of a, a light skin little girl who um she she almost looks white so she's able to go to school with the white kids they think she's white she portrays that she's white and one day her mother comes to school some kind of way everyone finds out that she's really black because her black mother the dark-skinned mm. mother shows up to school and it's all about how she then looks at her mother like she completely changes the way she acts towards her mother she starts hating her mother because now people know that she's black and the ending of the movie, if you walk away from the end of that movie and you're not touched, not necessarily cry, but if you're not touched by it, you 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 need to go have a conversation with Donald Trump because seriously, whoever is not at least touched by it a little bit is one of the hardest people in the world. Like it's 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 a very deep movie. Now I'm gonna check that out, man. Yeah, I appreciate. It. Let me, let me know what you think about it when you do check it out. But I mean, we we did it. I appreciate you coming. And talking Friday with me, uh, before we go ahead and depart, I definitely want you to tell the people again uh, your name and where they can find you and then also where they can download your podcast. They can definitely check me out on um, iTunes podcast. Just search uh, Movie uh, Guru. That's G-U-R-U. You can find me on Twitter at Movie underscore Guru. Um, And um, you can definitely find me if you're looking for music. Uh, definitely find me on Spotify, iTunes. Just search Awesome Nobody. Uh, YouTube, all, all that. Um, I actually, a uh, big announcement. I got a press pass for Comic-Con coming up in October. Uh, so I'll be doing a lot of interviews and videos. So uh, I'm going to have a lot of YouTube content coming up. So just search uh, Movie Guru on YouTube to check me out. Comic-Con pass. That That's that's a I, I'm jealous now. Now you didn't officially sent us away with me being jealous. But again, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. It's awesome, nobody. Um, which, you know, that was our very first time interacting ever. And it was a it was a fun time talking about a movie that we both enjoyed. I had a lot of fun with that one. But, you know, we're getting ready to get into the Stay Woke segment. Before we do that, I, I told you this podcast is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit deeper. And I get... 
I get messages. I get things from people saying, oh, I want a podcast. Listen to you makes me want a podcast. Uh, and the thing is, is that, listen, every day, now everyone has a chance to get their voice out there. Everybody has a chance to get their voice out there in some type of way. The use of social media, um, the, the, the use of podcasts, use of YouTube channels. But the thing is, is that don't do it. Just do. Don't do it because you saw someone else doing it and you think it's cool and you're going to do it. Have something to say. I have a f- another phrase and I know I'm hitting you guys with a lot of my phrases here. More peaks behind the curtain, so to say, is don't just have to say something. Have something to say. And as long as you stick to that, this podcasting thing, I mean, that's ultimately what it is. It's a form of you sharing your thoughts and ideas. So the key thing is, is actually having something to say and not just having to say something that may go over some people's head. Some people may come right home and some people may have to think about it for a second. I don't know, but that's the, the, a phrase that I honestly live my life by is because I'm quiet. Like people don't realize people think that I sit in front of a mic. I have a podcast. I talk to people and think, Oh, he's just, he, this must be him. Well, it is me, but I'm a very quiet and introverted person in real in, in my regular life. Like, if I say something, then it's meaningful. I don't talk just to talk. And, and it, 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 it kind of puts people off from time to time is how quiet I can be and how within myself I can, I can be. And so based off that, based off your guys's, um, messages you're sending me, everybody wanting, uh, asking me how I got into podcasts, everyone wondering how they can get into podcasting. I'm putting together an episode. It's going to be a lot of, um, personalities from YouTube, from podcasting, and we're just going to basically be talking about what and how we got into it and what ultimately our message is, and hopefully it inspires somebody else to, to, to start something. Like I said, it's it's a thousand pocket, probably even more than thousands and thousands of podcasts out there, but the ones that are actually meaningful are the ones that have something to say and not, I know I sit here and I talk about you know self-improvement things to to be aware and woken and I'm not saying that even if you have a podcast about God knows what electronic work television like whatever you're covering whatever you decide to talk about do it in a way to where you're doing it more than just on the surface level that honesty is what will get people to attach to you. And when people ask me, when I've talked to people about podcasting before, I've always told them your topic, what you cover, what your podcast is about may draw the people in, but what's going to keep them is the connection that they feel to you. So that that's something that I want everybody who's considering podcasting. I will help literally anyone who has an interest in podcasting. I could definitely talk to you about what all went through. And maybe you can learn from some of the, the rough patches me and the WWPN went through when we first started. Any knowledge I have knowledge is not something that should be kept it should be shared that's how you progress so uh, don't be afraid to reach out to me at ceo hayes if you guys don't know that by now you can reach me at the awakened soul pod at gmail.com but this we're getting ready to get into one of my favorite segments of this podcast and that's the stay woke segment it's me by myself this time it's it's not going to be as long as some of the other ones but it's a topic that i think a lot of people are definitely going to feel so uh we're going to get into our music on the other side of the music we're going to get into the stay woke segment Stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke. Okay, and for the stay woke segment uh, this week, I was 
I was thinking about what I wanted to go. There's a lot of things and a lot of places that I, that I could have went with it. A lot of things going on in the politics, a lot of things coming out of the Emmys that was done there that I could have went to the stay woke about. But I wanted to get more personal. And as you guys heard on the last couple of episodes that I was on, I ended it with interviews of my kids. And so to kind of come off of that, I wanted to talk about the education system and more importantly not just because everyone dogs the american education system i do have some stats here on the american education system but more so what we as parents should be doing to supplement what it's easy to just sit sit back and talk about what our school system public schools are not doing for our kids well the thing is is guess what is is as much as the teachers are there to help. We should all ultimately want good things from from our schools and our, our our schools to put our kids in good position to be great students and great adults and move on into higher education. If that's what they choose to do. They basically to prepare them. But if you as the parent aren't going to at least supplement that, if not even do more than that, then you really have no room to complain because you're leaving your kids education, ultimately their future in the hands of someone else completely in the hands of the American education system have to take ownership. So to to talk about first our American education system, um, the the PISA test is the first one that I want to talk about. And it's a test that uh, first started being administered in the year 2000. It tests 15 year olds in three areas, reading, math and science, and more importantly, how they apply uh, what they learn into real world situations. And uh, the test is done on a scale from one to zero. The 2015 scores were at, on average, at a 470, which was a slight decline from the previous two years. Um, And then also the TIMSS, I'm sure there's a shortened version to say that, is a test. And this test uh, dates back to 1995. It tests fourth and eighth graders every four years on how well they learn math and science. We've also we've pretty much been stagnant in that one, um, right in the middle of the pack. Now, uh, people hear that, and and I'm going to break this down. This is the stay woke segment. People will break that down and immediately go into, oh well, um, and because these tests, and I think I forgot to say, these tests are done in not just America. It's, it's done in many different countries. And America tests, you know, right around the middle of the pack. Not not anywhere towards the lower end. We're right around the middle. Um, and people will take that and say, okay, our school systems are failing. And you, you have to, let, let's break this down. I'm not, not by any means saying that, uh, personally, I'm sending my kids to private school next year. So I'm not saying, um, you know, this is just take this, these numbers and, and run with it that our school system sucks because there's, there's other things that need to be factored in when you're, when you're factoring these, these test scores, especially from other countries. And that is that, um, due to America being a, a more developed country, we have a higher rate of babies that survive um, birth that wouldn't 20 years ago than any other country. So think about that. If we're saving, if, if our um, development in our country and our health health system and, and the doctors here are able to carry through pregnancies and then bring babies into this world that are auto- automatically coming in, maybe at a um, 
at a a less lesser ability than I don't want to say normal kids, but a lesser ability than fully developed kids. Like we have more kids in our special education systems than most countries. Most a lot of countries don't even have special education systems. So students that nece- that would have possibly gotten left completely out of school because they're either poor or they do- or they're spe- technically special needs and they don't get that type of education are factored into these numbers. So. Uh, you have to take that into consideration too. Is that yes, our test scores are lower, but we also have more kids, and we we try to keep, um, like I said, special needs kids, kids that learn at a slower pace. We we keep those those children and are able to push them the, through our American education system. So those do bring our numbers down a little bit. Not at all putting any blame on them. I'm just looking at the raw data here. Is that that, that does bring our numbers down some so take that into consideration as well what what, what do i bring all this up for what, why why do i say this is because regardless of all of those factors it's proven that parents with higher i mean students with higher than average involved parents in in their schoolwork score 30 percent higher on test scores and gpa than kids that don't so what 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 does that mean to you that means that your activity level in your in your child's education directly affects how good of a student they are and uh, and again i'm 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 calling everyone to carpet i'm calling myself to carpet on this one too what more can i be doing as a parent to help my kid and like i said and here's the key thing here's the key thing how about let's stop viewing what we do as parents as a supplement to school and instead view school as the supplement to what we teach our kids just think about that for a minute. And so what can you do? Well, people who because a lot of people and, and again, I'm not necessarily trying to call anyone out. But there comes a time in a lot of people's lives where they can't help their kid with school anymore. Their kid, they, they don't have the education themselves to help their child with school anymore. And there's still things that you can do to help even before you get to that point is, hey, have your kids read. I don't know about about you guys. I don't know, uh, I, but I see a lot of parents okay with their kids sitting around on their phone and tablet all day, watching YouTube, playing fucking what what Pokemon Go is is the game. Let, let, how about let's take that time and let's have our kids read at least one small book. Or, or, or let's set aside thirty minutes of reading for a kid a day. Stuff a little a little bit like that. Don't I'm not saying completely take your kids video games and tablets away, but how about let's stop letting YouTube raise our children like and I know, I know people who do it. Stop doing it like like take ownership of what your kids learning, what they're putting into their minds. Know what your kids are studying in school, even if you necessarily and I say necessarily a lot. I'm learning that a lot on this podcast, but even if you can't help your kid with what they're nest, what they're learning if you're if you yourself don't really know it know what they're supposed to be doing then that way you can at least hey how how are you doing on this oh well mom i think i'm doing okay don't be afraid to get your kids tutors that's the thing like let, let's talk about that i put out a tweet the other day and and said how about instead of worrying about what your kid has on their feet, which I'm not saying because my kids are going to be fly regardless because I can do that for them. It's it's fine to do that for them. But how about you be more concerned with what's in between their ears and in their head than what they got going on? And this this is this is where we're going to start getting into. OK, Hayes is an asshole. 
all like stop using your kids as your live in baby doll on let's play dress up and oh you, we we have on the same outfit a lot of dads do that okay but what what do you know about what your kids learn what do you know about where your kid needs help in school do, are you willing to get your kid a tutor are you willing to even let's say you don't want to take away from your kids that's fine are you willing to take those jordans off your feet and to put that money into getting your kid a tutor so they can be better students so they can therefore go on and be better well, more well-equipped adults. Are you willing to do that? Because a lot of people, I'm telling you right now, they will say that they are, but they won't. That's what the Stay Woke segment is about. Our kids are our future. Our kids are, are the future of this nation, of the world. And how about for once, let's put some substance behind it. Let's not worry necessarily on if they're fly, if my kid can rap, if my kid is cute. Like All those things are fine, but the most important thing is how well-equipped they're going to be for adults because guess what? You're not always going to be here for them. And I know a lot of people my age, I'm 30, there's a lot of people now whose parents are starting to go go away and pass away, unfortunately, and now they're in a situation to where they're fully have to take accountability for themselves in their own life. Like the, for the first time at almost 30, they're, they're finally having to do that. That's something that a lot of people don't think about. Like everything that you do, your kid watches and sees everything of all... <laughs> Here we go. And and I, I, some people may say, Hayes is preaching a sermon, and I apologize if that's how I'm coming off. Well, you know what? No, I don't apologize because some people need to hear this. And hopefully, even if one person gets something out of this, more power to them. You need to stop being worried and concerned with things of the world and worry about how your kid, how your child is going to change that world. Like it, 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 all the celebrity gossip, who's dating who, like do I have on the, the, the flyest outfit? Am I up to date with fashion? I'm not saying don't do those things at all. Me personally, like I said, my kids are going to be fly. I'm going to be fly forever because that that's I have the ability to do that. So I want to do that for my children. But the, the most important thing is how they're turning into adults. Like my, my son may have some of the newest pair of shoes on. He really doesn't. But he may get a new pair of shoes. But guess what? He's going to earn that. He's 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 going to know that it's things that he has to do to even before he even can ask me for that. And a lot of people feel like it validates them to say, oh, my kid, look how fly my kid is. That validates you as a parent. That doesn't mean shit as a parent when, when things are all said and done. When you take those worldly things away from your kid and all they're stuck with is what they know and how they're going to be able to progress through this world. Those Jordans on their feet aren't going to really mean shit if they if they're dumb as a box of rocks. Women, here's the thing. This this is where I'm really going to get some people pissed off. Um, I, I personally know a woman who allows their son to dress up as a woman, puts the video on Facebook or wherever their social media is, and then, you know, will sing songs, do runway things like this. This is this is my issue. Stop sexualizing your children. Women feel like they can do that mainly because think that let's, let's take it back. Let's see if that was a single father and he was dressing his son up as a woman and then putting that video like you guys would be looking at him like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like maybe we need to call the people as black people say on somebody. Your, your child isn't even old enough to have sexual urges. Stop sexualizing your children. Also, stop using your children as a to, to fill the gap in love you never felt like you had from your son. I mean, I'm sorry, from your father, from an ex, 
from a spouse, whatever. Stop you. A child's love and the love you get from a significant other or a parent are completely different. So stop trying to use your children to fill in gaps that you have as an adult. I'm not saying don't love the hell out of your children. You should absolutely love them, but stop using them to, to, to fill that gap. Stop being afraid that your kid's going to leave you because guess what? That's what we raise our kids to do. You're supposed to raise your kid to prepare them to go out on their own. And like I said, affect the world, be able to thrive in the world. If your kid can only thrive because they have you as a backdrop, guess what? You're failed. You failed as a parent and they're failing as a, as an adult when they get to that point. You're just, you're, you're perpetrating the just complete failure throughout your, your, your legacy. And that's what, that, that's, I guess maybe that's why I'm a little bit different. Cause I look at everything from the perspective of legacy. Like when I'm, when I'm the, what I teach my sons, what I teach my daughters are all in the, in the perspective of what that legacy is going to mean for the Johnson family. When someone sees my son and says, that's a respectable, well-mannered young man. That's that. That's not necessarily glorifying me. That may be glorifying him in some sense, but there, there's there's brand loyalty built up in that. Like people can see my Johnson children and know you're one of those Johnson kids, aren't you? Oh yeah, you're Xavier's little little sister. Your brother set a high bar for you, so I'm expecting a lot from you. Legacy. It means something. And, and I think we've gotten away from that as a society. I know I started this off on our American education and educating your kids, but like the, 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 the base level of how you educate your kids is through their everyday experiences, what they see in you. That, that's what you're, that, that's the base you're putting in your kids. So if you're putting in your kids and here, here's the thing, a lot of people will say, I've been grinding all my life. My kids are going to learn how to grind because I've been grinding all my life. My thing is, is that if you've been doing that same, if you, the point of grinding, so to say, is that so you can get to the point to where you don't have to grind that hard anymore. The point of grinding is so that you can, you work so hard in such a short amount, well, not a short amount of time, but in, in that time period, you work so hard that therefore, once you, once you reap the benefits of that grind, you, you can ease off, ease off the gas a little bit. Like if you're 40 years old and you're still doing the same grind you were at 25, guess what? I'm sorry. You, you may be grinding, but you're failing. You're, you're, that's what you're doing. You're, you're failing. You're failing because your, your grind hasn't changed at all. You, you, you still have to put in the same effort for the, for the, the, the same output. Like at least put in, get to a point where that same effort is going to get you more output. Think about that. Discipline your children and people hear and say discipline as in whooping or spanking your kids. I, I'll tell you right now, I have not had to whoop my kids a day in their life because I have taught them discipline because they are disciplined people because I can look at my son when he's getting a little bit out of hand and, and, and give him the face. And he'll, he'll say it, it's not just an acknowledgement. He'll say, all right, daddy. Or my daughter, who Lord knows she talks people's ears off. But when she gets a little too excited or she gets carried away, she's she's a strong girl. Like she'll get carried away. She 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 may say some things that she doesn't necessarily understand how it can come off. And I just have to say, hey, baby girl. Oh, did I do it again, daddy? I'm sorry, daddy. Have have your kids say yes, ma'am. No, sir. Like these are principles that need to come back. And I know people will say that's old school, but it, it it's more than that. It's teaching them discipline. It's teaching them to respect the old get 
get, respect their elders. Get a dose of culture. Get your kids outside of the box that you lived in. Like, like, and, and culture, if you grew up, I'll, I'll take it back and make it personal again. A lot of people that I, even though I didn't grow up in St. Louis, but a lot of people that were my friends or I came up with in St. Louis will think that, oh, I'm doing so different because we moved into a different neighborhood. That's fine. Move, you raise your kids in a different neighborhood than what you were raised, and that's fine that you, that you hopefully it's a step up and not a step down. But add culture to your kids. And I'm not saying you have to go and visit Rome. I'm not saying you have to go and travel like I necessarily do with my kids, but give them a dose of something that's completely outside of where they live. Even if it's a book, if they have to look at the Sistine Chapel through a book, but guess what? You're still adding culture to them because they can speak about it. They can learn about it. Add culture to your kids. Last thing that I want to say, and I kind of talked about earlier, is devices. We, We all know that our kids have tablets now. They have playstations they have the access to youtube the internet's on everything it's fine that, that they're plugged in but be plugged in wisely how about instead of playing egg birds flappy bird pokemon go watching youtube how about let's take even if you want to take half of that time i would say take two-thirds of it but let's say you want to take half of that time and have them play an educational game have them watch a movie that's educational like the, these are things that 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 you can do that it may seem like small things now but you're helping your child in the long run. Uh, that, that's it for the Stay Woke segment. You know, I, I definitely wanted to talk about children and, and raising children because my kids are, are, mean so much to me. Let me know what you think. You guys know where to find me at by now. If not, you'll definitely know by the end of this podcast. We are going to take a brief break musical break if you didn't guess that already then we're going to get into some discussion with little miss ent little miss entertainment talking about five of the of the top women songwriters well, not songwriters singers of all time vocalists of all time is how we worded it so we're going to get into go ahead and get ready to get into that on the other side of the music you'll hear that discussion Ladies and gentlemen, listeners to the Awakened Soul, you guys have stepped into the cipher and we have a special first time guest. I've been looking forward to doing this episode for a minute. Um, and we have Little Miss Entertainment, Little Miss ENT in Little the building. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how's your day going? How's everything going your way? You know, it's, it's, it's going good today. You know, one of the, the today was one of those, like, let me regroup, let me gather my life, you know, after Labor Day, you know, you party and then you kind of look at your house and you be like, let me regroup my life here, you know? Exactly. I know all that too well. Like I have, uh, I have four children. Um, oh, wow. so yes, yes. All by the same woman. Cause I, I have to say that cause people here, a young black man with four children, they're like, Oh, he's out there. No, it's all by the same woman. Um, but so we were here, we, we, we kicked it for, uh, for Labor Day. They had me grilling crab legs. So it was, a, it was an experience, but, uh, that sounds yeah. so good. <laughs> oh, have you ever had grilled crab legs before? You know, we do grilled lobster, but I've never had grilled crab legs. I'm going to have to try that. 
Oh man, it, it'll change your life. I'm dead. Serious. I can't eat crab legs any other way now. But uh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, we are here to talk some music. This is the cipher segment where we break down something in music, and we're gonna do our top three female artists, rap, R and B, any 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 genre. Um, so we're gonna start off. I'm gonna let you start, ladies first, right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> All so right. I'll start off with let's keep it a hundred percent funky down to hip-hop rap i'm gonna keep it in that genre first um a lot of people say this is my my twin in life i love her so much i gotta give my my top 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 if we're talking about careers and longevity to queen latifah that's your number one or this that's your honorable this your number one Okay. That's my number one MC. And I'll get, can I explain? Can I explain? Yeah, go ahead. Take it away. Okay. All right. So Queen Latifah, she definitely did it for the culture, right? Yeah, and if yeah, we want to talk about, you know, we talk about so many different things that come up in music today. We don't necessarily give enough respect to people that have longevity, right? And Queen Latifah, 100%, she has gone from UNITY all the way to the Broadway stage of Chicago. Not too many people have that type of career. So when people hear me say like, yo, Queen Latifah is the number one MC, not only was she a New Jersey native, cause I'm from New Jersey, but she was sick with the lyrics and she has probably the top career out of any female MC out in that era, right? For, yeah. for the longevity of it. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I I I agree with all your points there. She didn't make my list, but I mean, you made a hell of a case for it. No, but I mean, no, I, I you can't deny her career as a whole. And I think that she's been solely an actress basically for so long that a lot of people forget how dope of an MC she was at that time. Like it, it there was almost no other female MC that was doing it quite the way she was. Um, she was just so smooth and her voice. You know, her singing, I don't think, gets enough credit because Dana Owens is, is has the dopest singing voice, probably, like, I, people she don't really, me. yeah, like, and if you ever get a chance to hear her live, I suggest everybody go do it because it's an experience. Like, her voice, I almost like her singing more so than her rapping because that voice is just, it's amazing, so. I agree, I agree. So, I'm going to get into my number one. And this may be cliche, but this is kind of what I grew up under. My number one female artist, any genre, is Whitney Houston. The voice. Like, it's just, I can't, her voice is just so iconic. Like, when you hear her, there's no one who sounds like her. Um, She's had over 200 million albums and singles sold. The most awarded female artist in history. She has a total of over 415 awards. So, that's just that's, that brings it to a whole nother level, but like I said, it's it's more so that voice and the iconic songs, and there will never, ever be another voice like Whitney Houston. There are some amazing voices out there, and I have some great ones on my list, but you just, no one can hit that note like her. Like, and, and She's amazing. She, amazing. The fact that, that that came out of a person's like mouth is just, it's, it's almost uncanny, but that's my number one. Yeah, they said that Whitney Houston's rendition, obviously not rendition, but her singing the national anthem is the most replayed national anthem ever in history. Like, nobody will ever be able to, like, duplicate 
the notes and how she sang the national anthem. I think that was at the Super Bowl. No, I don't have the date in front of me, but I mean, talk about somebody that left this earth too soon. Like yeah. there will never be another Whitney Houston. That is actually a really good number one to have on your list. I respect that a whole lot. I'm a huge, huge Whitney Houston fan. She's she's amazing. She definitely is. Yeah, and I mean, uh, just a little something I looked up when we were doing this. Her voice was registered as a, I think, a G5. And the, the highest the human voice can go is a G7. So that's just... Put it in perspective, like exactly like the, the woman was amazing. But uh, enough enough waxing poetic about the great Whitney Houston. What's your number two? Number two, female artist of all time, because I would be like thrown out of Beehive if I didn't say it is Beyonce. And the only reason I put Beyonce as number two is because, like I said, I was basing it off of longevity and obviously just Queen Latifah has been in the game a little longer but I think that love it or hate it whatever you want to say about Beyonce there'll never be another Beyonce they're just they won't ever be able to duplicate some people might come close to it some people might be different you know I'm not saying that there aren't other great artists out there because there are a ton of great artists but Beyonce is this generation's Diana Ross. Beyonce is this generation's Aretha Franklin. Beyonce is this generation's Etta James. And I know some people might come at me in the comments for that, but she is. She is our, she is that iconic R&B soul crossover pop. I mean, if you, if you really are into music, you have to know like a Diana Ross started off with the Supremes and then she ended up in disco fever. That's a complete from R&B to pop, you know? So Beyonce is that for our generation. And for her to be able to do what she's done is almost humanly impossible. So I just have to give it up to Beyonce. I'm a huge Beehive fan. I'm an original, actual Beyonce <laughs> fan. Like, I take it back. I have the tape of No, No, No with Wyclef and Destiny's Child. That was their first single. I actually have the actual tape. I was a <laughs> real fan. Like, not these, like, new age fans, but, like, a real Destiny's Child fan. And I just think she's amazing. You know, a lot of people, like, of course, everybody's got haters. And, of course, she has probably one of the hugest fan followings. The beehive is to not be messed with. But, um, she's just all around amazing. So, Beyonce is definitely on my list. Yeah, and the thing with a lot of artists, too, especially nowadays, like a lot of the older artists, when they put on shows, it was just standing in front of a mic singing. Like, that's one of the best things about this generation. When you go to a Beyonce concert, you get a show. It's a whole production. And yeah. a lot of you, you got to give it up for her for that, too, because, like I said, it's, it's an experience going to see Beyonce live. And, you know, I, I can understand why she's there. She didn't make my list, unfortunately. But someone you mentioned is my number two. Which is a good segue. Etta James is my number two. Okay. okay. Because, yeah, like, like let's just let's run down Etta James. She blues, R&B, soul, rock and roll, jazz, and gospel. Fifty-one years in the music industry. I believe the third or fourth female ever inducted into the rock and roll rock and roll Hall of Fame, blues Hall of Fame, Grammy Music Hall of Fame. Like how can you like that? That's a, a hell of a career right there. Um, she and her voice, like it's just, 
it she can use it so many different ways like I, i'd rather go blind that's one of the songs that i just if i'm cleaning the house like i will listen to that or if i'm like it it, it changes your whole mood listening to her type of music and it, it's something to be said about that like i said 51 years in the music industry just amazing she's been in the music industry longer than i've been alive and it's it's she's just an amazing amazing artist and when you think about the time that she came up you know how difficult it was for black people really to cross over like black black music was getting more mainstream there as far as people taking more notice to it but she crossed over into so many different genres that it's just how can you deny that can i give you my edit james story go ahead so uh, for all of the listeners here on the awakened soul if you don't know me um i go by little miss entertainment and if you ever want to hear my full story it's my first podcast on my soundcloud but I, I'm not, that wasn't a shameless plug. I was just trying to segue into <laughs> my story about Etta James. So um, I've been in the entertainment industry for 10 years. I work um, in Atlantic City and I'm the director of entertainment. And I used to buy the talent for the House of Blues and Showboat. And I booked Etta James' last live concert wow. that she had. And it's like a story that's like near and dear to my heart because I didn't even know who Etta James really was until I booked that concert. And it's just not, you know, I, I, I don't claim to know every genre of music. And it's so funny. I'm surprised I didn't know who she was because I am kind of into blues music, but I guess not enough. Um, and shamefully enough, I admit my faults. But it was one of the most mind-blowing experiences breathtaking performances that i've ever seen in my life and i was really really appreciative to be able to have partaked in that and it, it and, and i'm so glad that you mentioned her on your list that's why i kind of had to mention her in association because <laughs> she is a great she she is an icon that needs to be mentioned in any conversation when it comes to music yeah and i think a lot of this generation really doesn't know her or if they do know her it's kind of offhand they know her because beyonce played her they don't really know her mm-hmm. music per se and uh, just tell my story about etta james my saxophone teacher it was a lady her name was miss robinson actually played with etta james a long long time ago like that was her claim to fame she only played with i think she said on two different dates but it was my saxophone teacher and i was while she was learning teaching me how to play saxophone she's like do you like jazz music i'm like i've never really listened to jazz music she's like, well why'd you pick the saxophone i'm like i like the way it sounds she's like okay what i want you to do i'm gonna I'm give you 10 jazz songs to listen to and artists and I want you to really study these songs. And the first one she gave me was Etta James. And I was just blown away by her voice. So ever since then, I've been a fan. So since I was 13, 17 years, I've been an Etta James fan. But like you said, a lot of people don't really know Etta James. And it, it's sad because her story and her career are just amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, are we moving on to number three? Go ahead, ma'am. Okay. All right. Um, it was a toss up. But for my number three, but I was keeping it in the lane of female MCs more than R&B singers because I feel like R&B singers always get a lot of glory. So I kept it into the MC lane and I got to give it to my, my third one is Little Kim. I feel like Little Kim does not get her credit. I don't know why people sleep on Little Kim the way that they do. 
Um, if you grew up in our generation, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to say I'm an 80s baby. The 90s raised me and the 2000s made me. <laughs> you know, I was in the club boogieing in the 2000s. And Bad Boy Records, a lot of people don't realize, push the culture forward. There wouldn't be a lot of these people that are out here today without Bad Boy Records. And it wouldn't be a lot of female artists without Little Kim. Little Kim was the first one to kind of say you know what I don't care I'm not going to be Miss Prim and Prissy I don't care what anybody thinks about me I'm going to come out here with my titties out I'm going to come out here with all the different color wigs I'm going to come out here cursing like these guys are cursing and y'all are going to like it and she made us love it like hardcore is one of the most classic rap albums period my new thing is a period at sentences. Like, there's no comma, no semicolon, no nothing there. Like, that's a period at the end of the sentence. That goes toe-for-toe rap album with any male rap album. And I just feel like she was raw and uncut. And these girls nowadays think that they invented that feminism and feminist. And I'm going to do what I want and say what I want. And Lil' Kim been doing that for at least three decades. So I'm going to have to give it to my girl Lil' Kim. Yeah, and the thing with Little Kim is, is that I think sometimes because she played into the sexual aspect of her, which, you know, sure, she did what she had to do back then. Um, I think a lot of people let that overlook her sheer skill lyrically because the woman was a beast. Like it was there's no denying that like she was a beast with the bars still is to this day. Like she, she'll randomly drop a song nowadays that is still like Kim still has it like it just she still has it. Um, Absolutely. So I like that pick at number three. I like that a lot. Um, my number three, Aretha Louise Franklin. Okay. Like that, I- the queen of soul. I mean, how can you how can you not have her on the list? Uh, and I like the fact that we didn't overlap any because now we're getting a lot of a lot of artists on this list. So we didn't we didn't really have much overlap. But I mean, what can you say? Like, say a little prayer. Respect. Daydreaming. Ain't no way. Like. Uh, the voice uh, another one another iconic voice someone who's like when you hear an aretha franklin song or when you she appears at an award show it automatically ups the prestige of it the fact that you get aretha franklin to perform live still to this day and she's been around another one who's been around for 50 plus years doing this and it's it's just amazing what are your thoughts on aretha franklin i love miss aretha franklin i've gotten the opportunity to meet her as well and when you meet iconic women like that uh, when when people speak of black girl magic, they like my boyfriend was like, "What is black girl magic?" And it's like you can't really describe it. You gotta feel it, and that's the feeling when you get in front of somebody that's so iconic, such as Aretha Franklin. She is the epitome of style and grace and knowledge and that fight that. You know, a lot of women that came out of the, the 60s and the 70s, I'm sure I'm probably, Miss Aretha probably came out of the late 50s too, 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah. We couldn't even vote. You know, you we, we, we're, we're singing from a place, they're singing about things that we'll never be able to filter that energy from because they just were living in a different time. And that's why the music is so iconic i mean respect we talk about the flip of the coin right 
um, I'll go back to little Kim a little bit. The only reason little Kim could wear thongs and her boobs out is because Miss Aretha Franklin was fighting for her to have that right. You know, so yeah. it's like, that's when, well, I'll bring it back a little bit. That's when they talk about the black girl magic. That's exactly what that is. It's so, it's so amazing. I mean, respect is probably... When you look at commercials or movies or TV, that song is always played. It has yeah. to be a little mind-blowing for her to be like, I wrote that song 30, 40 years ago. I'm not sure exactly the date, but and people today are still playing my song. And that has to be that has to be more rewarding than anything. I think that was such a great addition to your list. And I think she's such an iconic figure. I mean I went to the inauguration where she sang for um, President Obama. And I mean, just between the energy and the fact that, you know, we had reelected the the first black president, it, it definitely brought tears to my eyes. I was like, this, I was like, I'm standing out here in a little bit of history. Like, this is like <laughs> history in the making, you know? And I was just glad to be part of that. And she she is definitely an iconic figure. Absolutely. And she got the National Medal of Arts from President Clinton like that. The woman's career can't be can't be knocked at all. Um, Unmatched. Oh, yeah, for sure. Go ahead and get into your honorable mention. So my honorable mention is actually one um, that's probably not familiar to the listeners, but I feel like the new age of female MCs needs to be recognized and this young lady was actually on my podcast i adore her if you guys have seen the recent season of wilding out she is on the recent season of wilding out she's probably one of the sickest freestyle female rappers out to date right now my honorable mention is miss b simone um she is just a joy she's just she's such she's from the south she's from dallas texas um she's like i said she's out there grinding and shining i love to support her that's kind of why i wanted to give her honorable mention if you don't know who she is check her out all of her social media is the b simone too i think twitter it's the b simone uh she just dropped an album stack now cry later Oh my God! Um, there's a song on there with a fee, uh, um, a female, a gentleman. His name is Damar Jackson. Um, shoot, I didn't write the name of the song. That the the whole album is fire. And just to see somebody that is kind of underground, not discovered yet, but on her way up. You guys, I just want. I love to be the one to be like, you heard it here first. The girl, <laughs> she is definitely gonna be a star in the future. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to I know her from Wildin' Out, but I'm going to have to check out more of her music uh, to get. I, I like we're dropping a lot of knowledge hints here on the Awakened Soul this time around. But uh, <laughs> my honorable mention is Lauren Hill. Like I, I'm I okay. and that's not to say that she's necessarily my number four. It's just that I had to mention her on this list because I, as far as pure talent, I think that it's it's unmatched and it's unfortunate that we only got one solo album from her she kind of you know got out the music game for a while but the miseducation of lauren hill is one of the best bodies of work as far as like complete like when you could sit down and almost listen to that whole cd ever and uh 
her as a lyricist, her as a, a rapper kind of goes unnoticed too because most of her career was just singing. Like she's just a dope artist, and I wanted to get her mentioned on here because that miseducation of Lauren Hill I still listen to to this day randomly. So she makes my honorable mention. I love it. Yeah, no, Nara Hill is still another New Jersey native. I know a lot of people don't know, but she was born in New Jersey. Shout out to Jersey. <laughs> Um, but Lauren Hill, definitely, I, I have to agree. I've seen her several times. And when your voice is an instrument, some people can sing the track, right? And some people really are great singing to live music. But when you can sing acapella and the beat and the tones and the inflections and the riffs and all of that comes out of your body, it's like you stand there and you're like, is that really coming out of out of you right now? Is that like singing that song like that? And that's the experience that you get with Lauren Hill. She Absolutely. is she is also just another when you feel her energy when you're around her, you're like, oh, I'm in the presence of greatness right now. And I really do truly, I think that was an amazing addition to the list. She definitely needs to get recognized. She also is a great story. If you guys um, get any time to kind of read up on her and anybody out there that's really into the music industry, the things that Lauren Hill had to go through to get the rights to her publishing, to have to... It, 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 she she went through a lot. She has a really great story. It's also a little segue. If you want to hear another great Lauren Hill story, I think Proz was just on the Combat Jack show. He tells how he created the Fugees and the whole story about finding Lauren and all of that. So if you want to hear some great information about her, she has an amazing story. And I think that was a great addition to the list. Yeah, and I I think when the when Pros first put the Fujis together, I know they were still in high school, but I think she was like fifteen or something like that. She's super young. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, so we're, we're done with our list. Let me know what you think about everyone. Reach out to me at CEO Hey. Send us an email at the Awakened Soul Pod because this this is to start conversation. I want to know all you guys' list. But now this is where we get to learn a little bit more about Little Miss E and T personally and her taste of music before she starts talking about her podcast which i do definitely want her to plug but i i i forewarned you about this question you said you always have it ready to go so that that's a good thing i like that um the the what five songs will make the track list that represents your life okay so y'all are gonna be like yo she got mad eclectic taste in me not really let me not hype myself but it is definitely different songs that definitely represent different parts of my life but it's not all over the place but um my soundtrack to my life i'll start i guess it's more recent to older maybe maybe work with me okay so one of the songs that i just you know it just represents certain periods of time where I'm like, am I doing this right? Like, why is this happening? What the fuck is life mean right now? Like, it's just one of those things. I love this new rapper. He is, to me, amazing. When you have the president's daughter rocking your t-shirt, obviously you mean something to the culture. My song that came in, I guess it's like number one, is Joey Badass Devastated. That song, 
I don't know. I can listen to it on repeat, and I don't know why. I can just—I won't even be having a bad day, and I can still listen to that song. It just represents like everything that we go through as African Americans. We go through as a female. You go through as being a mom, a dad, a sister, a brother, a girlfriend, a wife. Like whatever you're going through, you always have those moments where you like, yo, I like. There is some sheer devastation. Like I'm just devastated. I don't know. I love that song so much. It just when it when I first heard it, heard it, I was at a festival and he was performing it, and I was like, "What is this song?" And then I downloaded it, and then it kind of became like a pop culture thing. Like you know, everybody started like liking the song. So shout out to Joey Badass, devastated. That's definitely for those times where you just kind of like. You know, I can get through this because I used to be so devastated. I mean, I just love that song. <laughs> so that's on the list. I guess I won't number these because I, 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 they're kind of all over the place. But um, if you are, if you're not a whole fan, just stop listening to the podcast right now because like, <laughs> I don't have anything else to say to you. Just, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. But um, yeah, so the Blueprint was probably one of the most influential albums. In a generation from Jay-Z, I know that there always is discussion about what are the best Jay-Z albums, but we can all agree that Blueprint is pretty much up there. Um, yeah, so this was off of, I'm sorry, this is off the Blueprint too. Uh, this song is by Jay-Z and Pharrell, and it was not a very popular song, but um, this it's the song So Ambitious. Okay. And he has a line in that song... Um, where he talks about um, the teacher says he wouldn't make it past, and he says like I'll teach his ass. I think we all have that that moment where like somebody is always doubting you. Like they might not see the vision, but you know inside of you, like I'm so ambitious. It doesn't matter what anybody else is saying on the outside. I know what I'm gonna do with my life, and a lot of times even with the podcast, like people are like, why are you playing around with that podcast? And I'll be like, playing around? I'm not <laughs> playing around with nothing. Like this little Miss ENT, this brand that I built, y'all can't see the vision, but in about, give me four years. I, I would say before that, but even in four years, like y'all going to look back and be like, yo, we told her like, that was whack. Why are you doing that? So many people got a podcast. You is so diluted. And that song so ambitious. It just reminds me of like nobody will see the vision the way that you see it. Um, my next song is kind of cliche, but if anybody knows me, they know that I'm slightly like all about girl power, black girl magic. You know, I'm all about that. Um, Beyonce. Um, Girls Run the World is just like an iconic like female anthem. Like if you don't get down to that song, something's wrong with you. You know, I'm in a period in my life where a lot of people, um, a lot of people question me and they're like, when are you going to have a kid? And I'm kind of like, yo, I'm on this grind. Like I'm on this chase. <laughs> I am doing these great things. Don't worry about it. And then you get the other side of that. And people are like, you know, a kid is going to slow you down. And I'm like, who, me? Wait till I have these kids. Y'all are going to be like, yo, it is so lit right now. Candace got this whole momming thing down to a T. 
And you know, when Beyonce says women are only ones that are strong enough to bear the children and get back to business, I'm like, yes, B. (laughs) No no shade to y'all guys because we need y'all. We need y'all to have the kids. We need you to be in the children's life. We need you to support us as women in being parents and being in you know, matrimony or whatever, you know, your situation may be. We need the men, but we are the only ones that can bear the children and still get back to business. So I love that song. It is definitely one of my hype songs. It's um, it's just a woman's anthem. And if I, it's part of the soundtrack to my life. I'm going to head on over to Mr. West, Kanye <laughs> himself. Um, all of these songs besides probably, um, run the world, uh, are like, kind of like off the beaten path a little bit, not like mainstream on the radio songs, but, um, Kanye West is champion. I could put that song on right now and be like, I remember why I'm doing this. I remember exactly why I am doing this because it's destined. I'm going to be a champion. I mean, there's some iconic lines in here that just make me realize, like, I haven't even hit my full potential. But when I do hit my full potential, he says um, something, something. What does it feel like? I know. I know. I look better in real life. People tell me that all the time. And they're like, oh, you look you look so much prettier than in your Instagram pictures. And I'm like, is that shade or is that a compliment? Wait, you know, hold, like- hold the horses. <laughs> we got to stop that right there. Somebody told you you look better in person than your Instagram? Like, All the time. All the time. I do follow you there by, by chance and you look great like it, it's like oh, thank you. and and yeah, i know you have a boyfriend i'm, I'm not trying to holler people because you know people hear this and be like, oh hayes is trying to holler no adults and take a compliment exactly exactly but <laughs> you have one of the most affectionate smiles like oh, ever you. so next time someone says that to you just be like you a hater and just walk off because that but, i don't subscribe I, to that at all i'm <laughs> shade is it getting dark in here because i feel the shade but you know it you know it is what it is when you put yourself out there like i made the conscious decision when i made the podcast to take all my personal um life like my family and stuff off of my instagram and it is just what i want to share with the world based off the podcast or myself um you open yourself up for that kind of stuff but um and then Kanye also in that song he says I shop so much I should speak Italian. I'm just beginning to begin beginning to be a world traveler and I feel like as soon as I'm like I, like I'm not doing enough, I'm not going enough places, I'm not I'm not creating enough content. I go back to songs like this and I realize when I first heard that song, I didn't even have a passport. So, like, it just makes me reflect, like, damn, I've come so far, and I'm I'm doing okay. So, Champion's one of my favorite songs. And to round off the list, um, I'm, a, I'm a person, if you guys follow me, you know, I am in love with love. Um, as CJ just mentioned, I have an amazing relationship with my boyfriend, but... It didn't, it didn't get there on an easy path, but one song that I feel like just embodies a woman from a man's perspective is Maxwell's Woman's Work. Oh, my God. If you don't love that song, just, just turn the podcast off. We don't have nothing <laughs> to 
Like that song, especially for it to be in my favorite movie. I played basketball growing up. It's like the iconic scene um, where they're, you know, they're starting to make love in in the in the movie. But just the song itself. If you ever get the time to just Google the lyrics of Woman's Work, it makes you proud to be a woman and it had you have to take a second to be like wow a man wrote this song so it kind of gives you the synergies of like how men and women work together and it's not you know I, i i will go on a tangent too many of us bash our amazing black men out there and we don't support enough you have to realize regardless at the end of the day how you feel about your daddy you wouldn't be here without him so we need to start supporting our men more and making them and uplifting them to be as great as we we see them to be and they need to do that vice versa so um i know that's kind of a long-winded answer of woman's work but that's kind of my list that's my list i got i like that list (laughs) you want me to do honorable mention go ahead okay um, it wouldn't be, my name is Candace. I go by Candy. If you are my close friend, you call me Can Candy, whatever. It is the, this is the theme song to my life. It's New Edition's Candy Girl. It is played at every party. It is on my original intro to the podcast. I am a Candy Girl. Sorry for you folks that your name is not Candy or your nickname is not Candy, but that is the theme song to my life. <laughs> I liked it. Good list, solid list. Uh, definitely, definitely gets a, a feel for you and your and your, your whole vibe by, by that list. I like that. To pick up on, on something you said when you mentioned the Jay Z song, and that is when people hate on you or what you're doing, always use that as motivation. I could tell you like that. That's how I am too. Like I. I I never never shy away from criticism at all because my my mindset is I'm gonna prove you wrong anyway so uh, give it to me if you hate give it to me and then when I shine more we're gonna have that conversation I may even invite you on the podcast like that's that's my my whole mindset with stuff so <laughs> I'm honored that way I guess but uh thank you for that so now comes the time where you get to plug your stuff and like you say you do have a podcast i've listened to it had to do my research before i invited you on you know how that goes but uh (laughs) but go ahead and tell the people a little bit about your podcast what made you start it and then ultimately what can they expect from listening to little miss ent absolutely absolutely so i'll do a good old-fashioned hey what's up what's up what's up everybody it's your girl little miss ent and that's how i start the show every show um i'm an interview-based podcast it's more of the things that i know women like to listen to we definitely get a male's perspective but the podcast is based off of women empowerment the things that we can do together to uplift one another, whether it be doing an interview or somebody that has a business that is a female that owns a restaurant or a catering business or a makeup line or whatever it may be. I I don't want to just hear about your makeup line. I want to hear about your journey and your story. And that's what a lot of the interviews on Little Miss Entertainment are about. I try to get super dope guests that it's not um, it's people that you don't want to hear from. So one of my latest interviews is from Andrea, um, Rachel, and she plays destiny on power. And she, before 
it even came out the season finale. I caught her right as soon as they introduced her character. And I said, listen, I think, I don't know if you can release what's going to happen, but I see the talent in you. And I see that potentially this is going to be a big character on this show. Would you do me the honor of being on the Little Miss Entertainment show? We did an exclusive. And now like every podcast has her on their show. It's <laughs> like, it's kind of insane. So I'm always looking for that new cutting edge person. Um, we've had males on there that I, that I feel like are just amazing individuals. One of my favorite interviews was with um, the Instagram dancer Vanilla Trill. He goes by White Boy Chris on um, on Twitter. But I had just been following him for years. And I said he had a really great story with his girlfriend and... I was like, wow, you know, that has to be interesting when what happens to a relationship when you become viral off of the Internet. And now one day nobody knew you. And then the next day everybody knows you and you have a relationship in between. So there's a lot of that. I've had the love coach from um, the famously single um, Robert on my show he is a gem i just it's really great content on the little miss entertainment show i started my podcast because i had a radio show in college and it was one of the number one ranked radio shows in our area not just in college radio but for the fm station and i just knew it was kind of my destiny and my call and i said fast forward you know i graduated I had a really great career. I, like I said, I'm an entertainment executive and something was missing and it was my connection with the people and to be able to speak to the people and interview people and talk about things that I wanted to talk about. And, um, luckily enough, I, like I said, I have an amazing boyfriend one day. He told me, he was like, you know, why don't you do a podcast? And I really wasn't into podcasts at the time. And he said, you would be phenomenal at it. You have that talent. And, we started on, on the kitchen table with a very small little mixer, and now we're played in 40 different countries, all of the United States. We're on all streaming platforms, not Tidal or Spotify yet, but we're trying to get there. <laughs> and, you know, it's just been a really great journey. You can find me anywhere. All of my social media is the same. It's at Little Miss ENT, L-I-L-M-I-S-S-E-N-T. Follow me there. Snapchat is always at an all-time high with the shenanigans. I try to always keep you guys with great content. Um, I have a YouTube channel, and my Facebook is The Little Miss Entertainment Show. It's spelled out regularly. You can um, find all of the vlogs. I have some really great vlog content. Two of my favorite vlogs that are up there is um, the one that I went to South Africa. I did a podcast live on the beach. All of that content is there. And then I just recently went to Made in America and that vlog content is up there. And if you want just a one-stop shop for me, you can go to my website. It's CandiceDavisOnline.com, spelled C-A-N-D-I-C-E-D-A-V-I-S, online.com, all one word. Well, that's what's up. Thank you for joining me. Hopefully, you know, we spread the word a little bit more for both of us. And get out there. Yeah, I definitely. I'm enjoying your product. I enjoy listening to your interviews. And like you said, you de you delve deeper and you get to know the people you interview. And that's 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 kind of what I aim for here on the Awakened Soul. Like my, the, my whole 
purpose of doing this is, you know, it's called the Awakened Soul, and people think, okay, he's jumping on the Stay Woke bandwagon. It's not about that. You know, we talk music, TV, and everything, but we break it down to how it relates to the culture and you know and we do and we do have the stay woke segment which does break down something usually political and just makes people aware and you know a lot of fortunately of our people aren't really aware of politics and what's going on in the political spectrum so i sandwich it in between things that we like and you know if you learn something from it as well as get entertained that's what it's here for so absolutely yeah you you keep doing that because we need more of that in our community and we need to, we need our young people to be able to digest those messages in a manner Absolutely. in which they can absorb it, right? You know, these books, which I, I'm a book reader, but learning something in school and hearing it from somebody that looks like you and, and talks like you when, and you can vibe with, they're going to retain that message. And it's definitely, um, I, I kudos to you with the, the podcast. Hopefully, I can get you on my show. Anytime. <laughs> and, you know, it just, this is what it's all about in this podcast culture. It definitely, um, I was just saying before I even got on here, I was on live. I would have never met so many amazing people if it wasn't for the utilization of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all of that. So, um, I appreciate you reaching out and, and, and me reaching back and having this mutual friendship. And um, hopefully this won't be my last time on the podcast. Oh, no, we'll definitely have you on again. Again, I, I want to call you Candy because I just love that name, but I'm not going to. <laughs> you, yeah. you can definitely call me that. <laughs> but, you know, thank you for joining me. Uh, you already plugged your social media and everything. We'll definitely do this again. Everyone check that out. Nice. Okay, people. That was the Cypher segment for this week. Like I said, this one was a little bit differently, a little bit differently, a little bit different than our normal Cypher segments. And hopefully you guys got a lot out of that. Like I said, you know, talking about female vocalists is they deserve their attention. We talked about some great women, not just great as far as what they did musically, but what they did other than that. So definitely check out if you weren't familiar with any of those women, check them out. Go and find that music. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, before we close the show, though, I wanted to, um, I I wanted to leave something with. I know this has been a long podcast, and I apologize for that. I I appreciate you guys spending the time listening to this podcast and checking it out. As always, you know, I'll put the timestamps in the description if you kind of want to skip around or come back to certain pieces. This is something that spend the whole next week listening to, chopping it up, whatever whatever you do. I hope you you get something out of this podcast, but. I wanted to take some time out before we end this to let everyone know the Awakened Soul has been so successful so far. It's it's by far the most successful podcast that I've done, which is just it's it's crazy to me um, how how far this has grown so fast. But uh, I want to thank each and every one of you. I want to thank Andrew. I want to thank Colin Wysong. I want to thank Gerald L. Cooper. I want to thank JB, the prodigal one, Little Miss Entertainment, uh, Ralph oversaturated the podcast, Johnny over there too. Everyone who I've built a relationship with based around this podcast who's helped contribute to it, who's helped me bounce ideas off of it. And there's still more people to come. Like I, I, you guys don't know how far ahead I schedule some of the stuff. And and because I I like to spend a lot of time fully 
getting my idea wrapped around. And when I invite anyone on the podcast, I always ask them, what are things that mean something to you? Because that's what they're going to be most passionate about, about talking to. So, um, it, it, and some more things come from, from this, you know, I'm, I'm, we keep getting a lot. And when, when I started this podcast, I promised to answer some relationship questions. We've kind of gotten away from that, but guess what? I'm here to announce we're going to start having its own show and it's not going to be every week, but it's going to be the relationship show where I bring on someone from the female perspective. I'm, I, I, I it's going to be the same person every week. I already know who it is, but I'm going to let you guys just ponder on that for a minute. And I know she's listening, uh, her spotlights coming on, but it's going to be, and not long, probably 15 minutes or so, but I, I it's going to be its own separate thing. When we talk about relationships and not just romantic relationship, friendships, business relationships, everything, and, um, and break it down a little bit. So, you know, it's growing. This thing is growing. And like I said, at the top of the show, hopefully something, I hope Andrew, I know you're listening. Hopefully something different comes from uh from this from just the mind of andrew bello colin y song i tweeted something out he he's gonna be big once once colin and colin you you know i have your back through anything so don't get offended by this but once colin and the 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 funness not necessarily the funness but the newness of podcasting wears off on him and he starts really thinking okay i'm good at this what more can i do with this it's going to be one of the most entertaining podcasts Ever like he he's I've been I've been trying to draft him in the podcasting literally since I started. Uh, he's come on now for a few months and yeah he was already good. So I don't want to say he's gotten better. He's already good. He's entertaining. He has a whole character that he does on the wrestling side and and like I said, this, the Waking Soul is going to be something different. It's something different than what Colin would do. But I definitely think there's a, a room and a space for that um, for what he does and and be on the lookout for that. I, I've I've been blessed to work with so many talented people. Um, and like I like I did on the blues on, and this is what I'm going to leave you with. And we'll we'll break this down and unpack it uh, probably in off the rip next week. I wanted to get to it this week, but we've gone so long that I I'm, I'm actually going to give it a break. But mm, the thing, the thought that I want to leave you guys with on is does your fandom of things so you being a fan of something does your fandom inform your opinion or does your opinion inform your fandom and so by that to just break that down so you guys can think about it it means if you're a fan of of something or someone do you ignore things that you claim you don't like just because you're a fan of them or are you a fan of certain things because they hit all the all the boxes of what you do like Think about that. Andrew, think about that. I want everyone to get back to me and let me know what you guys think about that. And and be honest with yourselves. I know there's things I would like to see. think that more times than not, my opinion informs my fandom. Like I, I'm quick to call something or someone out, even if I love like them or are indifferent on them. And I never really turn them blind to something just because I'm a fan of it. But there are things that I do that with. Uh, there are certain things that I, that I've noticed in, in getting the framework around this idea in the segment, I want to do both based around that statement. And I've realized, all right, here, here, and here, you may be teetering onto the other side a little bit. Let me know what your guys' thing are that you, that your fandom informs your opinion on. Let me know. This is the awakened. So I am CEO Hayes. You could find me 
at CEO Hayes. You can email me at the Awakened Soul Podcast, the Awakened Soul Pod at gmail.com if I can get my own email address right. Thank you guys for taking along and walking along with me on this journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.